and we're back, people. We are back. Your favorite. I've been saying that for three years. So if you think I'm lying by now, I don't know what's your problem, Spike Lee. It's your fault. Your favorite <laughs> sports podcast, Roman, the airwaves, rolling with Ramos, is back. I happen to be the one that holds the last name Ramos. I would like to specifically thank my daddy for that one. Mike Ramos on a sweatshirt, Mike Ramos in heaven. I can't believe this week made two years without him, but you know. He doesn't need to be here with all that's going on in 2020, but I miss him dearly. Episode 105. 105 of them things. You know, it's crazy because as we was trying to get to 100, it was easy to say 88, 89, 90, 70, 60. It's a lot to say 100 and something, something. Last week, we paid homage because it was an emphasis on the four because, you know, we named the shows after the person that wore the jersey. This week, you know, we we taking a step back from it because it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I mean, if you've been <laughs> on the East Coast, you've seen the snow that we just encountered. You know, I'm thank God that they shoveled my walkway because the ice was getting real. But anyway, <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look like a lot that the NBA is back. So this is you're rolling with Ramos. The NBA is back special and you know never to be outdone because he is my partner in crime this is our last show of 2020 tristan you do not have to uh hear me bugging you because you say i'm bossy <laughs> but you don't have to hear my voice any longer until the next two weeks when i see you in january as always you know i'm nothing without you because you are the star Tristan. oh my gosh <laughs> what's going on what's going on happy to be on here it is the last show of the new year so we definitely go out with a bang and of course with the nba returning what better way to go out than to talk about basketball so i'm excited i'm excited for the guests that we got here so let's get this going we're playing basketball you know if i'm <laughs> dating myself i never knew who sang that song <laughs> Somebody help me. But anyways, I love the song. Curtis but, Blow. Um, say it again. Boom. Curtis Blow. And I'm dating myself for knowing that. Yeah. But you know what's funny? <laughs> I know so many songs. No, I'm a big oldie but goodie. My dad was a big stylistic fan, whisper trend. I know all of it. But some stuff I just know and just know and then don't know that I know it. But anyways, you hear his voice because he answered my question. I couldn't talk basketball. I finally had his people call my people. I'm glad we finally put this together. It took too long. Um, Big staple in the National, uh, National Association for Black Journalists Convention. I had the pleasure of talking with him, um, meeting him, being in his presence for so many years. That conversation on Mellow, look how far it took us back, baby. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> he is um, one of the best in the business, a legend. He's undefeated, and he works with undefeated. Senior NBA writer for ESPN's undefeated. You see him, Mark. I'm not going to ask you what the J stands for, but Mark J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could ask me. You're rolling with Ramos. What is it, like John? It's actually, when I was a kid, I used to tell people Joe Mama. When I was nice. a silly little kid, but no, it's uh, it's Joseph. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. So but you're when I rolling. Started, I'm, I'm rolling with Ramos. I like that sweater. What explain the sweater to me? Um, my dad when he uh, passed away uh, two years ago, and um, I wouldn't be who I am today without him and his sports yeah. prowess. And um, 
his knowledge of the game, he passed it down to me. And that was one of the things that we held forth. This is actually, I'm going to hold it up a little bit more. Um, this is a picture of him when I, I found a whole binder of him in his old playing days when he passed away. It was actually a picture of me in it. So I assumed that he wanted me to have it one day. But um, this is him in his hometown of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, he played for the Central Hill Toppers. Um, he played under Tom Penders, if anybody's familiar mm -hmm. with him. Um, yeah. They went 22 straight and lost in the chip by two. And that was one of the best Central Connecticut teams ever in the game. A whole bunch of good uh, people coming from there. Um, and um, he was a part of that team, Mike Ramos. I made him the logo. And um, we actually sell these. So, Okay, I'm going to have to get me one. Yes, you do. And send me a picture. <laughs> it is. Let me know. You know how to reach me. We can send you one. All right. Cool. But um, I only got you for how long I have you. So, are you ready to get into this thing? You tell me. You got the energy. You tell me what you got. <laughs> With that said, on November 10th, the NBA released a statement. The NBA Board of Governors has un un unanimously approved the following adjustments. Number one, the 2020-21 season will begin on Tuesday, December 22nd. Number two, each team will play a 72-game schedule. And number three, free agent negotiations will begin on November 20th at, at, at 6 p.m. Eastern time with signing starting at 12.01 Eastern Standard Time on November 22nd. Therefore, like I said, the NBA is back. A lot wondering, um, Mark, um, if this was the proper timeline of returning, especially one that, that involved having a full season. I know um, our season was shortened last year, and we had to, this year we had to do what we had to do to get back into the swing of things. They decided to get the ball rolling in November and having tip-off around holiday season three days before Christmas. Normally this is the time of year where we're like halfway in the season and it gets good and you see those games on Christmas and you're looking like we're getting ready to get towards the playoffs and you're feeling that heat. And interesting, interestingly enough, this is where it started. This is the starting point based on the circumstances and what the NBA had to work through and filter through. Do you feel the timeline for the comeback after such a condensed season prior is appropriate? You know what? I don't know if anything's appropriate in a pandemic. Yeah, I think it is uh, just a sign of the times. I, I was in the bubble. I was there to the at the beginning, and I was there to the last game. And I'm tired uh, as a journalist, but I have a job. And I have a lot of colleagues that have lost their job during the pandemic. So if they're telling us that basketball is starting as a writer, I will be there uh, the best way they will allow me to be there. Uh, so, no, it's, it's not ideal. But it, it's interesting because – it depends on what team you're talking about. Um, obviously, there were two teams in the finals that had a, a short time off, uh, being the Lakers and, and the Miami Heat. But there were also eight teams that didn't play in the bubble. So when you talk about the Atlanta Hawks and the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks and um, the other eight teams that weren't there, they haven't played since March 11th. So for them, they're like you know, chomping at the bit to be back. Whereas, you know, you, you and then also I would say 22 to 30 teams didn't play past like August 31st. Right. So there, there are a lot of teams that while it is short, it depends on what team you're talking about. So 
for a Lakers, for, for a Boston, for, you know, a Denver Nuggets, um, obviously the, you know, the heat, like it's, it's, it's short, but for the rest of, for the majority of the league, I think they've had a, a, a pretty respectable, if not great amount of time off. So, so it's, I, I think it's, to answer your question, it's kind of mutually exclusive to the team that uh, you're talking about. When we talk about the bubble, and this is the part where we go inside it, and we, because you firsthand, as you just said, you were able to be inside of there. All we could do was watch it from the sidelines. Um, how was life in it? Um, how was trying to maintain and watching, trying to maintain the operations of sports in such an environment? What did you see as far as the pre- preparation, both body and mind? Because people tend to forget when you're in a pandemic, you're trying to play a sport, you're isolated from yeah. your family, you trying to cover it and you're isolated from your family. It, it's the people have forgotten the psychological toll that can, that can take on you. And then now you're presented with the fact that you got to put that behind you and you got to work. Yeah. Talk about what the players and you had to go through to get yourself together, body, mind, and soul. Um, the virus on top of social injustice, yeah. uh, being isolated, having to car- compartmentalize all of that, trying to do the right thing, um, dealing with sports. Is it an ex- tell it, take us into that and, t- and is that ex- an experience that you will never forget? How does it rank oh, yeah. as far as your experiences in, well, in I mean, your career? I, I, I've, I've attended sporting events all over the world. I've covered the Olympics. I've been to a um, with the Denver Nuggets to a military camp in Bosnia. Uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've gone to on a private jet with Tony Parker to Monaco. I've, I've done a lot of interesting things. I, I don't know if anything's more interesting than being in a, a bubble for 90 days. Um, it, it to me was the safest place on earth. We were getting tested every day. Everybody inside of it was getting tested every day. Even the employees who lived on the outside were getting tested every day. Um, in, in terms of mentally, personally, I, I think I um, used my, um, my minor in psychology. So I, I made sure that I did things or, or created an environment that made it more comfortable for me. That was when I got there, I called people that were there already. I'm like, how's the room accommodating stations? And they're like, uh, man, they gave me two beds. It can't be two queens. So when I got there and I'm a six, six big dude, I'm like, mm. I need a king bed. And they're like, well, I see a reservation and you have two double. I said, I need a king bed. And they're like, well, it's going to take you about 45 minutes to an hour. I'm like, well, I'm be here for three months. So I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I waited. Um, I, I'm a big wine person. So I, I bought, brought a wine suitcase. As crazy as that might sound, um, I bought a wine fridge, so I I have I have my wine. That's you know my uh, I guess my little vice. Um, my mom sent me a toaster oven, so a lot of times the food that we had, I think for the media, like the players complained about the food, they had it ten times better than us because they had restaurants they could go to. We did not. Um, they had private chefs cooking for them. We didn't. Uh, th- their money was a lot larger than us, so uh, there was um, takeout that you could order that was f- had a forty five dollar delivery charge. 
Oh my gosh. Media, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Players could get that. We wasn't getting that, you know. Mm-hmm. So most of the meals that we were eating were like these, I call it convention food, uh, which was there. So a lot of times, you know, I would, I, instead of letting the food defeat me or what they had, I was like, all right, I'm going to get these convention eggs, but I'm going to put them in a toaster oven and make them taste better. You know, whether <laughs> we're putting ground pepper on it or ask them for turkey bacon to go alongside it. And, you know, so I, I made the best of, of the situation, even though my stomach probably wasn't happy with eating that convention food on a daily basis. But also, I'm a big coffee person. I made my own coffee. I grind my own coffee beans and made my own coffee because I love coffee. Just nice. a bunch of little things to make sure I was happy. And then the gym situation there, like you got to work out. I it, it got there were a couple situations there where you would hear, hear some of the workers who were had tested positive rumors that they had tested positive for COVID had been working in the gym. And they kept changing the times where you can work out for 30 minutes and then they're going to close it for an hour. All this weird stuff. I'm like, something ain't right in the gym. So I started riding a bike because they offered us bikes. And I begged uh, my bosses uh, at the Undefeated to, I'm like, hey, you know, ESPN's uh, owned by Disney. We're on a Disney property. Can y'all just get me my own bike? And they were able to get me. It was a raggedy bike, but it worked, man. So I got my own bike. <laughs> They were calling me Debo in the bubble because they saw, you know, I was riding my bike everywhere. But but the bike was it, it, it was mentally great. And I have since bought a bike since I've gotten home and and ride every day. Um, and then I also uh, went started. Uh, it was either I tried to get as many hobbies as they allowed me to have. So you had golf or you also have fishing. So I took up fishing in a bubble. So every Sunday, I I would look forward to getting up and going fishing. And they have these beautiful lakes on a Disney property that they would take us to until the team started like dwindling down and the team wasn't staying at the hotel that had the fishing anymore. But I learned how to fish in the bubble. And so my wow. thing was complaining wasn't going to change anything. Like, yeah. what could I do to make the environment fun? Uh, get my exercise, get get some mental relaxation. Because if you just sat and watched, while wow, the game of basketball is beautiful and I love it, and, and the environment was amazing, going from covering the game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between Miami and the Celtics to walking five minutes to another gym and seeing Game Seven of the Clippers and Nuggets, like that's crazy. Like, but that was the environment that we were in. Um, but I made sure from a mental standpoint, I was good um, in terms of just being there and the social justice movement. Man, I'll never forget those three days that they took. They went away from basketball when the Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play and the players realized how much power they have. And I hope yeah. they don't forget that that strength that they had in knowing that, OK, if, if something happens, yes, let's band together and, and work for change. And they had their work stoppage for three days and, and it ended up affecting the, the election because they were able to get all the NBA arenas to um, have people vote. So that was like beautiful to see. So to, to be at a place where on the court, it said Black Lives Matter on the court and to see players have jerseys that had 
social justice messages, even white players, even international players where it was in different um, languages. It was just, ah, it, it was beautiful to see, touching to see. It, it, it like brought me to tears the first time I saw it. Uh, the f- uh, first game I went to. Um, and I, I don't know that we'll, hopefully we'll never see anything like that again, but to say I'm part of the, the bubble alumni and, to see, to know directly what it was like, man, I, I'll never forget that. And that, that's something like a, a, a patch that I have proudly that I could always say that I was there and actually know what it was like. We want to also shout out Malika Andrews for all her good work in the bubble too, because we all know Malika. We all are fans of Malika, and um, she did a, an outstanding job. It, you know what she it came, sounds like. Uh, she came. She, you know, what, let me tell you a story. When you see her, you tell her. You know, for anybody listening, she was the queen of the bubble. Now, this woman, <laughs> she like, I actually think she really, really enjoyed it, um, because you know she lives in New York and. It, when the pandemic started, New York was hit as hard as anybody. And she went from being by herself to being amongst a group. But she like, she, she was going to restaurants and getting hooked up at restaurants that I could, nobody else could go to. And, <laughs> you know, had, had access to like all kinds of stuff. I, I'll, I'll let her get on the show and her explain it. I ain't going to put all her business in the street, but I don't think she wanted to leave. I think she was really, really enjoying it. And then plus the fact we're getting tested every day, I think meant everything to her, but she blossomed into a super duper star uh, during those three months. Did some phenomenal work. You know, I've known her since she was in college and she's a unicorn. She's special. So I I hope that um, everybody embraces what they're seeing from her because she's a budding, budding icon. Funny thing about this, I texted Malika, Malika, in the new year, have your people call my people too, because we was trying to make this connection and she's so busy, we couldn't make it work. Thank God for you though, <laughs> because mm-hmm. while we trying to have her on too, hopefully we can make this happen in the new year. I would love to connect with her. She's such an awesome person. Speaking of Malika, as of December 2nd, a tweet by Malika Andrews from ESPN, 48 players have tested positive for COVID-19. The NBA announces in a press release 546 players were tested from November 24th to the 30th as part of a league-wide testing protocols as teams prepare for training camp. As we know, we're in that now. Teams are starting playing. Now we're going to go outside the bubble, and we got to talk about the health, health issue that's going on there. There will no longer be the strictness of that bubble. One NBA player tested positive in the NBA last year, and the commissioner said, stop. No, because we're not going to have anybody else testing positive for this. It only took one player. And they they shut it down. Of course, at that time, the coronavirus was still new. Nobody knew what it could do. We were still finding out all these new things, these new loopholes. And being scared about it enough made you just want to shut down and not have to deal with it at all. It was unknown. Guys like Carl Anthony Towns um, talks about the death of his mom and how he has been taking the responsibility of keeping his family safe. He He's very emotional as he took the floor the other night um, in his first game without his first season without his mom being there. The health is a big concern, Mark. The NBA is dedicated to having a full NBA season. It's saying that it wants to do this, is, this in, in its entirety this time around. I wish they are rejoining the world in a sense. 
because you just spoke about how it felt like leaving the country and coming back. You're rejoining the world. We're watching the league. We're watching a league like the NFL just go by as days go by as they're figuring out. They're basically saying, we know you're going to get it. Once you get it, you test positive, you go take care of yourself, you quarantine, you stay out of it, and you come back. Every time we turn around, the Ravens have more players that they're just testing now. Every time you turn around, it's a new new epidemic for each team, a new outbreak, new postponements. They continue to let the show go on. The NBA with all this and the sports and kind of it's been on the cutting edge of safety in the, pro, in the prototype of getting as close to right as possible. We know a lot more about this virus. They know a lot more about the virus and what to expect. There is no bubble. Is this going to be a recipe of disaster when we find the NBA falling into lines as far as uh, other leagues like the like the NFL? Will they have to shut it down and see that it's not as easy as they think it is? Or will they be able to handle it? And Tristan, you can follow after them. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I wonder how soon will the players be offered a vaccine? Mm. How soon... They, they'll be offered it or if they and if they want to take it. Um, I know that they're putting some really, really strict rules on the players in terms of what they would like them to do or not do uh, in their free time. But what are you going to do? Have somebody put a put something on their ankle? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so all it takes is one guy, one employee not to follow those hopes and things could go wrong. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic and also scared yeah. about, you know, and, and uh, I think another scary thing, it's not uniform. When I go to a golden state warriors game, uh, I will be tested before I walk into the building. I won't have access to the players. You know, no media will have access to the, any of the players anywhere. Um, but then when I go to the Pelicans game tomorrow night, they're letting 700 fans in and there won't be any testing of the media. We still won't have access to the fans, but being in, un, in an indoor space with like 800 people was a little frightening to me. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, I hope the answer is, man, they, they somehow got through this uh, unscathed. Uh, I, I'd like I'd I'd probably be surprised if such happens. You know, I just um, hoping for the best. You know, not expecting the worst, praying that there won't be worst. But in this situation, I don't. You you said it before. We we're more educated now than we were then in March 11th, but we're still learning things. It seems like daily. So I just, I wish, I really wish they could go back to the bubble, but it, it's just too, from what I hear, it's just too expensive to do for 30 teams. So. <laughs> right on. Tristan, yep. I need you to follow up on this. And then Mark, I'm going to get your, I want to get your, your thoughts on this too. Cause I'm going to drop a bomb on him. That's extra that I'm going to need your thoughts on it too. And, and staying in the true form of the undefeated, if we're mm-hmm. talking about 70% of Americans have to get this vaccination before it to even look like it could possibly work. When we talk about 
the percentage of the NBA. We look at our skin. And when we're looking at this vaccination and getting it or not getting it and what the percentage of people that are scared to get it or saying, okay, right on, they're going to get it. It has a lot to do with racial, the racial, racial divide of it, because us as black people, we weren't trying to get the flu shot. I got it. Yes. I've been two years straight of getting the flu shot and the doctor. And I feel better. (laughs) Yes. The doctor had to make me get it. Um, What, what what parameters do those things um fall into place? Um, half this league, if not all of this league, if not all of the players that, if not the biggest one that makes this league, and the king and LeBron James makes this league is African American. We also have to think of the health of 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 our brothers and sisters. What does that make of of of? Is there any rumblings going on in 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 the NBA circle about whether or not they're going to get vaccinated or not? Will there be a penalty if they don't get vaccinated? What does that mean for us in this league? Is that Tristan? Tristan, you want to weigh in on that first? Um, yeah, sure. I, I can do so. Um, so I am interested in hearing, you know, with um, with these vaccinations coming out, I am interested in hearing what the NBA uh, policy is going to be for players um, as far as taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine. I'm pretty sure there are players that don't want to take it because they're human. I think I think that's the thing that people – we, we tend to uh, go away from is the fact that we look at them as such incredible athletes and professionals, but they are human at the end of the day and they have their own feelings and their own thoughts in regards to, you know, vaccinations and things like that. Um, I do believe that there are some that don't want to take the vaccination. Now, just like you touched on Mikel, now we're looking at who would those people be? It's one thing to say if a rookie came out and said, well, I don't want to do the vaccination. It's a whole other thing if LeBron James says he doesn't want the vaccination. People are going to listen to that, you know, especially someone at his caliber. Even someone like Kyrie Irving. I, I feel like Kyrie Irving might be the person that probably publicly say I don't want I don't want it based on, you know, what he's been talking about thus far already. So we're looking at that as a as a concern. Are there going to be policies that's going to, you know, punish in a sense a fine or something if they don't take vaccinations those all things i think those are all parameters that you have to think about in regards to the nba in regards to the players and you know with covid do we even really want to take the chance and not do it don't you want to put yourself in a position that the season can continue because unlike the nfl some of the you know i mean they've already reduced the season um with the games but you might have a couple games that are back to backs. You might have a couple games that are like maybe two games in a week or so. Now, if someone like, you know, God forbid, and of course, knocking on wood over here, if someone like Kevin Durant catches COVID and has to go into COVID protocol, there's a chance he can miss like three games. It's different from the NFL where it's like you get COVID, you might be a chance that you might be able to play this game. You might miss one game, but it could be like three, four games that a star, a superstar could miss because they had COVID, you know, and, and now that plays a part with an already condensed season as far as playoffs. And the, and the like uh, playoff parameters and Exactly. Standings. So it's so many, I, I feel like even more so than the NFL, the NBA being outside of the bubble is more risky for the NBA because there's so many things that can cause a domino effect that could just change the entire landscape of the seating for playoffs. And like I said, with a condensed season, 
there's less room for error. You know, an 82 game season, you see some teams are like, some teams, you know, they're like, we could probably coast this game. It's, we don't got to, you know, we ain't got to worry about that. We could sit some of our superstar players. With this condensed schedule, uh, almost every game counts, really. So you can't afford for that to take place. So I'm interested in seeing, like I said, with the vaccinations coming out and everything, I'm seeing, I'm interested in seeing if there's going to be pushback from the players. If they are, who are the players that are going to push back, you know, from that? And then how does Adam Silver and the NBA respond? And there's also, you know, the the Players Association. They got, I mean, there's a lot of conversation that has to go on between these two entities to figure out how this is going to work. But there are so many, I'm so nervous and I'm, I'm right there with Mark Spears. Like I'm just, I'm praying that it can go well so we can keep our season. But I'm so nervous because there's so many domino effects that can take place just off of one positive, either from a player or from a staff. I hope the NBA is not feeling themselves because you have one bubble situation and it works so perfectly and everything's fine. You couldn't even get your mistress in a bubble. That's how strict they were in a bubble. But at the same time, this is whole different. Mark, how we feel about it? Uh, You know, it's going to be a personal choice, I think, from every player, uh, employee, coach, general manager, and so on um, that are on the team. And so there are probably guys that would do it right now and that probably guys are like saying, I wouldn't do it in 10 years. Yeah. So that's the thing that's going to be interesting is to, to see how it plays out. I, I interviewed a player recently and wanted to ask if they were going to take the vaccine and a, a PR person stopped me from, from asking that question. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it will certainly be an interesting situation. I think also a private situation. Uh, I'm curious to see like how many players are are for it, how many are against it, how many even tell you if they did take it or not, you know, shoot, even in my own family, we've been debating about, you know, what to do. And I have a lot of medical people in my family and I have also a lot of medical friends who are like, hey, man, it's 95%. Um, that's pretty strong. But then I have other medical people in my family like, well, usually don't know the effects of a vaccine for about 10 years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, usually yeah. you need 10 years of testing to know. So it's, it's one of those situations where you kind of feel like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, and um, um, then the NBA is also in a precarious situation where if the, the NBA players are getting it before medical workers, if they're getting it before teachers, if they're getting it before police officers, firemen, maybe, maybe they uh, risk some criticism, some right. ridicule um, as to why, why is this sports league getting it? Before our health care people, before our teachers, before our um, law enforcement. And so there's, there's certainly that uh, touchy part of the whole situation there as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is certainly a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have owners like the owner of the Clippers who could probably buy all the vaccinations for his whole organization and not blink an eye. Um, same with the owners in uh, Golden State and in Brooklyn. You know, there's a lot of owners at the league that could buy it for their teams. 
I wouldn't be surprised if such is the such is the case because you know to Tristan's point, you want to win. You don't want your guys to get sick. So That's right. how can I help this situation? Hey, guess what I got today? The vaccine is here. Um, less less people sick, no people sick, more games you win. Maybe maybe a team that wasn't supposed to be that great. Well, since nobody's sick on their team and they could all play, they're, they're going to have more success. So it's a it's an odd, scary, fluid situation. But even if this rich owner is able to get his hands on some of it and bring it to his franchise, there's no guarantee that the players will all take it too. So stay tuned. All this holistic stuff that we need to do. See us in America. We didn't do what the other countries are. Everybody's afraid that we're going to get shut down again. But we didn't take the shutdown. I guess this is all going to who was in the leadership of this country at the time. We didn't take the shutdown and shut down. We couldn't stay in the house. People are overseas for years with nothing. And we couldn't do it with technology. And we got to find a way to do it the right way so that we we can, we don't have to live with the virus anymore. I'm sick of wearing a mask. I mean, I will say this in the cold, it gives an extra layer, but I'm sick of, I'm sick of putting Yeah, but mask. if it's going to keep me from dying, I'm going to wear it. Exactly. And even if I take the vaccine, I'm going to wear it. You know, I just, uh, I think even when the world is better, because I'll tell you what, since I've been wearing it, I feel less sick. Yes. There you go. You, you know, go. like usually I've, I I would have had a cold by now. Yeah. I would have had a little something. Right. And it, it appears to me just by wearing that mask that, you know, especially when you travel as much as I do. And not not that I'm doing that now, but before I travel so much or on so many planes or so, so many airports, going in, out of so many restaurants. It's amazing to me how I could go to a restaurant and just grab a menu and that menu has something that could get me sick. You know, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. now I'm much more uh, cognizant of that. And um, I'm, um, I, when, when this world gets better, there are certainly some things I've learned from that time that I'm going to probably incorporate into my future and, and will not care how weird somebody thinks I look. I want to be here. I do hope I we all got better. I agree with that. The league yeah. does not seem keen on cutting games from the regular season. It's trying to avoid extending the season. It is trying to avoid doing so too far into the summer so it does not clash with the Tokyo Olympics, which was postponed to 2021. We're going to play a little game, fellas. We got to play I played in the bubble versus I didn't play in the bubble. And, 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 and are the ins and outs of that as different as we think it are? If we're looking at I played in the bubble, I've already know the health concerns. I've been had the bubble experience. Some would say, despite the quick turnaround, they know what it feels like because they've played. But we also seen a Jimmy Butler damn near almost peel himself off the court towards the end of that final series and how tired he looked. Um, they know what it feels to play. It does not come with fatigue. LeBron saying he may take time off during the season knowing how the quick turnaround and breaking down of the season has been, the psychological effects of being out of the bubble. More Are they more injury prone than the guys that have not been into the bubble because they are having a continuation of the quickness? They don't have much to adjust to. We have those challenges. I did not play in a bubble. 
I've been sitting since March 11th and how hard that could be to want to get you behind doing not only what you love, but knowing what you want to do and having the chance to be in, in give your team a chance, being able to do all the normal things you're used to doing. One of the things that these guys did get a chance to do is stay home because normally they wouldn't be home. But at the same time, how will my adjustment be? How much rust will I have to shake off of me? Will I be injury prone? Players coming off of injury from previous seasons, will they be able to get their mojo back in, in, in a season where they weren't able to, to come back sooner than they were? Getting into a strict routine. This might go out to guys like James Harden. You can't go out and party. You got to stick in and stay in it and stay true because you can't be out there with the little babies of the world. You got to mm. play for your team. Because I've been in a world of isolation. I have not been isolated by the bubble. How different is that? Um, and what, so both concepts, I played in the bubble. I played, I did not play in the bubble. Do they share similarities? How different will they be? How will they, how will each player adjust to each other? Cause now you're two different players. Well, I, I look at it. I look at it like this with, um, I looked at it both ways. So you have the teams that played in the bubble and then the, the teams that were in the conference finals and the finals. And you look at the time that a, a lot of the star players played. I mean, we think about, you know, we're thinking about like Jamal Murray, what he did, the warrior that he was, you know, um, we're thinking, of, you know, for the Nuggets, we're thinking about uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, that, I mean, that, that shot of him, trying to score a basket and then leaning over the banister just to catch his breath. I mean, that's just going to be, that's one of the posters for, for the bubble. Um, you know, we, we looking at Donovan Mitchell, you know, after the game against the Nuggets, just collapsing on the floor, just the pure exhaustion, Jamal Murray walking, you know, walking back to the locker room, having to take a moment to catch breath. Those things are, are, are going to be iconic in our mind. And it's just, you know, you think about the level that they have to play at, the duration of time that they had to play and then thinking of now you kind of got to gear yourself back in. Like they really didn't have any off time. I mean, because even, even this short period, they probably had a moment to rest a moment to kind of recoup, but then you kind of had to get back in that mindset. Like, all right, I'm about to go play a season, you know, but then you're looking at the players, like you said, that didn't play since March. They're probably, they've probably been itching because it's not just the fact that they didn't play since March. But we're at a point where the entire United States of America was locked down. And I was so shocked because I remember there were like early reports of that where a lot of the players didn't have their own home court. They didn't have their own home home basket. So a lot of these guys, you know, besides the basic calisthenics, they couldn't really train the way they probably would have trained had it not been for COVID. Had they been able to go to their trainer and go to a gym and work out, be in that atmosphere, being focused to that to that degree. Um, it's, I think it's an adjustment for everybody. I think we're going to see some people that's going to look rusty. I think we're going to see some people that's going that are going to look exhausted. You know, people talk about LeBron when he said that he might take a couple games, but people got to understand LeBron's about to be 36 years old going into the eight, his 18th season. But this is a man that's played in consecutive finals for a greater part of a decade, you know, prior to coming to the Lakers in that first season when he got hurt. So this is a guy that has a lot of my Body. And now we credit him for how much he spends on his body, being the Iron Man, you know, never really had any serious injuries. Again, knock on it, you know, but 
he's still going to be 36 going into his 18th year. You, he's got to he's, he's gotta have some kind of pause in between doing the season and potentially going for another, you know, finals run. Because, I mean, honestly, realistically, throughout his career, if LeBron James is fully healthy in the season, eight, nine times out of ten, he's going to the finals. So he's it's not just a regular season thing for him. He's in the long haul. So it's, you know, I, I'm what I would want to give some of the players maybe about three weeks, you know, just to kind of get their bearings, get some games on them, really get their bearings because you're battling rust and then you're battling fatigue. It's the two different dynamics that are going to be playing a part here. Rust, fatigue, and veteranship. How does that work? You're looking at guys like LeBron and, and guys like, like Carmelo. How does that? How does that work? How will all this work, Mark? Um, due to the pandemic, it's it. I don't know, um, because you, you don't know who's gonna get it. You don't know who's gonna be out. Um, I do think that one of the pluses that did come from the bubble was that guys weren't traveling as much. Right. Guys got more rest, and there were less injuries. Now you're you're gonna have like. Some teams that haven't had a lot of rest, so they're more susceptible to injury. Um, I remember at the end of the bubble seeing Adam Silver saying, man, congratulations, y'all. Y'all got to the finish line. And as difficult as that seemed, I think this finish line that they're trying to get to now is much more difficult. Um, the bubble seemed harder when they arrived than when they left. Now... I think this season is going to be – it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be like the NFL. There are going to be some issues. There's going to be some stars that are going to be out for a minute. Um, and when they get to the end, assuming they do get to the end, I think they'll be more uh, relieved than they even were when they were in the bubble because I just – I feel like this is going to probably be the most as, as challenging as the bubble was. I think this has the ability to be even uh, more difficult. How much time do we have left on you? Because I want to have a little fun with you. We got to talk some real NBA. We got to sit on the couch like like, like friends. <laughs> so um, how much more I got of you? You got another 15. Okay, let's go. Let's the Ramos ringer real quick. And then Tristan, me and you can finish this off. Okay, so much going on this season, so much going into it. Off the bat, Clay Thompson gets hurt. So that the resurgence of the Golden State Warriors and everybody wondering, can they come back in the contention when it comes to the Western Conference? Uh, Steph Curry, the, the blue-eyed assassin, has had to sit and watch y'all talking about how Damian Lillard's shot is better than his. Um, now that's different without Clay Thompson and him tearing his ACL, he's out. How will the Warriors adjust? How will, will they be able to be competitive? Will they show that they have more grit than people think they do? I mean, these were champions at this point in time. It's not that crazy. John Wall is now a rocket. Russell Westbrook is now a wizard. From us being from the DMV, us two up here, we're very emotional about that decision. We're going to see how that pans out. Is Russell Westbrook the only thing that works in D.C. is the fact that he knows the coach. We didn't even know where the hell he was going to go a couple of weeks ago. Now he's going to D.C. John Wall has a lot to prove as far as what he can do these last two years he's been out. But he's a rocket. And the Rockets are in shambles. And we don't know what the hell is going on in Houston and what they will be and who are they rebuilding after. 
Speaking of a rocket that can't find a destination, you've been there eight years and I still don't understand, James Harden, how you can go party with the Kardashian. It's okay. We talk about it for five minutes. But the Rockets problems still have not come to figure out why we're not putting some of this blame on him. He has to get some of the same blame as the rest of these superstars in his league. I'm sick of it. But anyways, Philly might be a destination for him. Hopefully he likes the process, whatever process they've been doing. They've been in the same damn process for years. Hopefully they make it happen. KD and Kyrie, will it work in Brooklyn? They don't want to talk to the media, but guess what? You're in Brooklyn. We're still trying to figure that out. Paul George, four years, $190 million. Will playoff P finally show up? Will he be what everybody wants him to be? Will the Clippers get along? Will they overturn of being the kings of L.A.? Of course, we all know there's one true king. Supermax, 228.2 million in the largest deal in NBA history. Shout out to Giannis and Teto Cuampo. Hey, listen, Giannis, um, it's just like the commercial says, my brother, with all that money you just made. You just made five dollars can help anybody in need. I'm the one that's in need. Call me. But anyway, <laughs> how do we feel about that? He decides to stay in, in Bucks land. Um, he's going to stay there. A lot of people saying that he wasn't the star that we thought he was. Bradley Bill Tristan, we heard rumblings that he wanted him to come to Milwaukee and help things out. Christmas Day schedule, last but not least, and I can take a drink of water because this was the ringer. Thank God the Knicks aren't on Christmas Day. Thank God for the God that did that. I get it. It's a story franchise. Get them off of Christmas Day. But anyways, Pelicans, Heat, Warriors, Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Mavericks, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. I'm looking forward to Nets, Celtics. Hopefully the Celtics show Kyrie that the earth is round. We'll see. You got a lot on your plate, Mark. How is this season? How will it be? <laughs> what are we looking at? Um. I'm I'm super excited to see uh, your Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think KD is going to be amazing. I've heard a lot of great things, and and from the one preseason game I watched, I thought he Good. was outstanding. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the the resurgence, and uh, I'm happy for him. Really good guy, and uh, I hate that he went through that. I hate to see Clay Thompson go through what he's going through. I do yeah. think the Warriors are going to be better than people think. Stephen Curry watched him the other day. Looks like Stephen Curry are old. Kelly Oubre is a great addition. Uh, Wiggins, um, he, you know, he gets beat up a lot, but he could still give you an average of 22 for a season, like 22, 7, and 4. Um, I think the X factor is I think Pascal, Eric Pascal is going to be great coming off the bench and could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate for the Warriors. It's 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 the rookie. It's James Wiseman. James Wiseman. I, I've heard comparisons of Chris Bosh, um, David Robinson. If he is mm. either one of those two players, mm. that's special. And um, I, I've been hearing some great things. So maybe he is the guy that could vault them. And 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 I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors made it to the West finals or lost to the second round. They're, they're, they're capable of doing, doing both. Um, I think Phoenix, you didn't mention the Suns. I like Suns are going to be rising. The Suns are going to be really good. I have written down. I forgot about it. The advancement of Chris Paul yeah. being a veteran on that team. What does that do for Devin Booker? Well, Devin Booker is quietly one of the most competitive uh, athletes in sports, not just the NBA. Yes. Um, 
there was a game I went to where he, to me, nobody plays harder than Russell Westbrook. And I think that's going to help the Wizards a lot, even though I think John Wall, I think both of them needed this change. Um, but I remember when being at a game in Phoenix when Russ was chasing a triple-double record and he was a game away from setting it. And the Suns fans started cheering for Russ to get it. Devin Booker loses it, starts cursing out the fans, makes like a four-point play and starts yelling, this is my mm, house to mm. the fans. Willed his team to defend Russ, to not allow him to get that rebound, to not allow him to get that assist, to not allow him to get that triple-double. And the, I, I believe the Suns, I, I don't even remember who won, but the fact that Devin willed his team to not allow him to set the record in Phoenix was one of the most incredible games I've ever been to that nobody saw. <laughs> like, Crazy. So I know if you put two of the biggest dogs, barkers, you know, just guys on the same court together, them two, they're going to be a mess to deal with, man. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing Phoenix. Um, I think they're going to be fun. I, I don't know if there's – I think Aiton will be much better. I don't, I'm not sure about their bench just yet, but mm-hmm. I really think the Suns will be interesting in a, um, a team that people – Clippers will be interesting too. I didn't. I'm a mess with you. You didn't say nothing about the Clippers either. But um, I, I got it. I got it here. I said Paul George. You I did. said playoff P. Clippers you're right. can't get along. Okay. Well, you, that you, even worked out. Uh, pandemic uh, P. Pandemic P. Don't pandemic don't sleep P. on the Heat. There's just there's a lot of storylines. There's a lot yes. of great storylines this Denver. year. Sleep yeah, I mean, it's there's so there's there's not there's the only team I don't think anybody's probably excited to see is the Knicks and the Cavs, and I'll still watch them. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I think there are – on every team, there's somebody that I'm excited to watch that says a lot about the talent in the NBA. The most unproblematic team in the NBA must be the Los Angeles Lakers. Two big contracts for LeBron James and Anthony Davis this summer. Um, does, is there a direct way to the chip, or does it di- lead directly to La La Land again? They got to stay healthy. That's that's the thing. I mean, they've for them to be off two months, not not a lot of time. And Anthony Davis had perhaps his most healthy season of his career. Will that continue? Mm-hmm. Being in a bubble, not having to travel was beneficial to him. Um, hopefully it stays that way. As you mentioned, LeBron's 36. You know, I, I wonder when father time is going to hit him. I wonder if Anthony Davis can stay away from the injury bug that has bit him so hard in the, in the past. Yeah. To me, that's the Lakers biggest opponent is, is staying healthy, um, not hitting a wall. Cause now from what I, uh, the, the, the roster moves that they have made, this team that they have now is better than the team that they had in the bubble mm. on paper. I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Miami. Can Jimmy Butler get him back? Oof. That Eastern Conference is tough, man. I mean, I don't – I think he can, but I like the Nets. I really yeah. do. But, I mean, like the Raptors are still tough. Um, 
the Celtics are capable of being there. Obviously, Milwaukee has Giannis, and they have a big three now. As I mentioned on a previous podcast I was on, it's like an old-school WWF Battle Royal, the Eastern Conference. Like Same with the West. Like All these guys are going to be in there. The West is any, I mean, the East is anybody's guess. I, I definitely think there's a favorite in the Western Conference. The East, like, literally, Toronto, Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, um, Milwaukee. I mean, all five of those teams could be there. He did not say the Wizards. No. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking about. I was thinking. About, uh, no, I think the Wizards will make uh, the playoffs, but I, I don't see them as a, a championship caliber team. But to to mention five teams as potential championship, like, like to say that there are literally five teams in the East that could make it to the finals, which says a lot about how competitive that that conference is. This last conference. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, how do you feel about um, Philly with, you know, with Doc being there? I'm sorry, six teams. Philly. Nah, they, I, I, was, I was wondering. I was like, eh. I, said, I felt like I was missing James somebody. Harden, and a potential James Harden. Where does he go? But you know what? There's a, there's a potential James Harden in a lot of places. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if he ends up somewhere you're not even thinking about. The one thing is the Rockets got to take care of the Rockets and not James Harden. They're going to do what's best for them. Right. On the flip side, there's a, you know, like I, I don't agree that the fact that it's public that he wants out is going to kill their trade value. If there's two or three teams that want him, you just need somebody competing against the other team to, to raise the value. Somebody's probably going to be desperate enough to make that move. Um, so, I mean, I think the assumption is that he'll probably go east, right? But, I mean, what what if what if uh, like a Sacramento was like, look, we want a, another star so bad. Like in situations like this, when you got a team that wants young stars, mm-hmm. I don't count anybody out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of quiet discussions behind the scenes, and I I wouldn't be like just because he has a wish list. Don't mean you got they got to follow that. I mean, I got a Christmas list. I don't, that don't mean I'm gonna get all the presents <laughs> I want, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The Rockets are basically in control. They could they could do what they want to do. I'm sure Chris Paul didn't expect to get traded to Oklahoma City. No, he did. You know, I'm sure Russ didn't. Well, he probably wanted to get traded to Washington, but you know, their their stars traded to places all the time. Um that they don't expect to. So like if I'm Orlando, maybe that's something I think about. Yeah. You know, cause may, may, maybe, Hey, we'll give you Aaron Gordon and, and it's Mo Bamba, you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would not be surprised if there's a big surprise in, in all so- of this. So one of the so one of the dark horse rumors that I've been hearing recently, um, and shout out to a couple of my guys, Kevin and Steve. We we talk about NBA all the time, and one of the things that we were hearing in regards to James Harden was the um, um, it was the quiet rumor of Philadelphia, you know, possibly thinking of maybe moving Ben Simmons. Well, that ain't quiet. James Harden. 
All right, it's not quiet. I mean, what do you, how do you feel? How do you feel about how do you feel about that thought of if the Rockets were to make that move to we'll take Ben Simmons and give you James Harden? I mean, I feel like that would be a probably a match made in heaven, probably for Philly. You know, with Joel and B, because you having a you're, you'll have legitimate perimeter threat in James Harden. But how do you feel about that? If I'm Houston, I push the button right now. Mm. I, I I really like Ben Simmons a lot. Um, I think he and and John could be great together. He needs um, to talk. Wow. I mean, if you had John Wall, Ben Simmons, and um, under the circumstances, I like that move. He's an All Star. Yeah. So you're getting an All Star for an All Star, then you're also getting a player that he's more like he's more into making others better instead of just yes. scoring points. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he, he's a very versatile guy, and he's younger. I, I, I mean, obviously, you'd want some of the other pieces that they have. Um, perhaps some of the young players they have. I, Maxi is a guy yeah. that Philly has. It's from, from Houston, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I'd probably ask for Maxi. Okay. You know, bring him back home, get a, get a young point guard. Uh, that could back up John, or maybe eventually replace John. Um, if if I could get a pack, if I'm Houston, I could get a package that includes Simmons and Maxi. I'd I'd push that button. Okay. It's good to know that we're not looking. A lot of people going to the see John Wall going to the Rockets. Like you've been out two years. We don't know what the Rockets are going to be. But it's hopefully it looks like it's a transgression for him in the second tier of his career. A lot of people saying it's a, it might be a little bit of a suicide. We don't know what to expect out of him. No, it, no it, and, and I will tell these people out. this. He's back on the floor. He's been so, he's been through so much heartache. Losing yes. his mom. Um, so he lost his mother. I, I, he could play for the G League. <laughs> like, just the fact that he is on the floor is a miracle. And I, I, my guess, and I haven't, I, I can't wait to hear from John, but in a, in a different world where I could talk to him, but I'm, mm-hmm. I sense something when I hear him talk now. And then he's playing with his buddy cousins who, who's mm-hmm. gone through hell too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that the two of them together, man, like they just appreciate the squeak of the sneakers, the bounce of the ball. Yeah. Just to be able to put on a uniform. So I'm happy for John. I, yeah. I know he misses D.C., but he's back in the NBA uniform again and healthy. So don't feel sorry for him. Be, be happy yeah. for him that he's playing. Well, don't worry. Be happy. And we're going to be happy because unless you fellas have anything to add, the last show of 20 and 20, peace. We're on a roll. Mark, I can't tell everybody where it's no point of me telling you telling people where to find you because unless they live under a rock they should I'll, be hey i'll take know. any followers i could get so please <laughs> you can find me on twitter or instagram at at mark with a c j spears s-p-e-a-r-s and uh it, it'd be if you're not following me it would be a pleasure for you to do so so uh thank you to you both continued oh, success you. on the show and uh, happy holidays, happy new year, and let's hope for a better 2021. Indeed. And Indeed. Tristan, thank you. As always, I'll see you in January. I'm going to say it, like I said, every week, and I don't care if it does not rhyme. It's still always mine. We will see you in 2020. Big 2021.
got big things for you in 2021. I'm going to say it, and I don't care if it does not rhyme. I'm McKell, like Kevin McKell. See you in the new year. Peace out, Peace. people. All right.